We're back in another Sound the Battle Cry. And today we're going to be talking about another installment in the Dangers of the Truth Movement series. This one's going to be called The Spirit of Fear. Fear mongering infotainment, infotainment creates slavery, not freedom. And uh, I don't know if that'll be the title at the end when I upload it, but uh, it's pretty much the topic that we're going to be covering today. It's another danger of the truth movement, okay, is fear. Fear, 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 fear mongering. And, uh, you know, some sources of you know, truth, quote unquote, truthers, news media organization, alternative media that people watch, some are worse than others. <coughs> Alex Jones. But, you know, a lot of times there's fear because there's talking about the same type of fearful things over and over and over again. And I'm not even going to give a long introduction because I have it right in the notes exactly what I want to say, okay? But the first thing I'm going to say here is addressed if you're if you're not a Christian, that's okay. This still applies to you. You can listen to this. You can watch this. It still applies to you and it'll help you. And uh but if you are a Christian, this will also help you. And we're going to start off here with a Bible verse. 2 Timothy Chapter 1, verse 7 says this, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Okay? God has not given us a spirit of fear. And um, let's just read the first paragraph here. Constantly subjecting yourself to videos and radio shows that only talk about economic collapse, World War III, government stealing your liberties, poison in the air, food, water, vaccines, Satanism and entertainment, FEMA camps, gun control, the surveillance state, artificial intelligence, CERN, microchips and people, and the New World Order is coming to get you! All that stuff. What does it do? It will leave you in a constant state of fear. Not only will you fear feel fear, but also constant anger, frustration, hopelessness, and other negative emotions. Trust me, I know from experience, okay? I've been through it all. I've been through this, okay? When I was not a Christian and after I was a Christian, not as bad. When I became a Christian, a lot of that went way down, okay? Because God delivered me and changed me. But especially when I was not a Christian, wow, that's what it did. You know, I started off, I was watching, I, I watched Alex Jones documentaries, I, uh, David Icke, I watched a bunch of other stuff. And it was from there, books and, and uh, videos and, and um, documentaries and all kinds of stuff. And constantly subjecting myself to this stuff every day, just reading it and watching it, listening to it over and over and over again. And uh, what ends up happening is that's all you're thinking about. And so it really affects you and it changes you as a person. And it's not good. Okay. Because you think, well, I'm a, I'm a truther. I'm seeking the truth. I've been lied to my whole life. And I'm just trying to seek the truth. I know. And that's good. It's good that you're seeking the truth. And it's good that you, you know you've been lied to, which is true. Okay, been lied to from the public education system, the media, the government, all over the place. Corporations, they lied to you. Yes, that's true. The New World Order is real. All that stuff is real, okay? But the issue is the amount of time 
that you're spending uh, meditating on this stuff, okay? And so I have a few thoughts about this because I've been through it and I've come out of the other side of it. And from my personal firsthand experience and from my studying of the Word of God, I've come out with some observations and some things that I think will help you, okay? I'm not here to put you down today. I'm not better than you at all. But if you have this problem and you think you might have this problem, please, please pay attention and listen and watch the show all the way through. Don't shut it off until it's done so you hear all the points that are made because it will help you, okay? So let's get into it. Here's the first point. What you put in is what will come out. What you watch and listen to is what you will think about. What you think about will manifest in your words and actions. It will influence decisions you make every day and even the way you treat other people. Okay? Got two verses for you here. Lamentations 351 says, Mine eye affecteth mine heart. Okay? Jeremiah clearly said his eye affects his heart. What did he mean? What he saw with his eyes affected him in his heart. Okay? It changed him. It affected him. It's going to affect your behavior and the way you think, what you see. Here's the second one. Romans chapter 13, verse 14. Make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. What does provision mean? Provision means to supply with food. So don't supply with food your flesh. Okay? What you're putting in front of your eyes and your ears, you're watching and you're listening to, is providing food to your heart and to your mind. And it can either be good or it can be bad. Okay, it can either feed the flesh or the spirit. And when you're constantly pumping yourself full of things that are going to make you feel fear, 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 that's not feeding the spirit, it's feeding the flesh. Okay, and we're going to get a a lot of uh, important explanations about all that coming up. But I'm just telling you right now, that's what it's doing. Okay, what you put in is what's going to come out. What you put in is gonna, you're gonna think about it. And when you, when you're thinking about stuff all the time, it's going to eventually manifest in your words and in your actions. It's gonna change your decisions. It's gonna change the way that you treat other people. Okay. It affects everything. What you put in your, what you watch and what you listen to. Okay. So let's move on here. We've got some questions for you. I want you to ask yourself these questions. Be honest. Humble yourself. Don't get puffed up with pride and act like you're above this or this couldn't possibly apply to you. Be honest before with yourself and with God with your answers to these questions. You ready? Are you making decisions based out of fear? Are you deciding how to spend your money and live your life out of fear? Are you easily angered by people? Do you get worked up anytime someone mentions something from the news? Do you go on, whether it's mainstream media or alternative, do you go on angry rants about conspiracy stuff 
to those close to you almost every day, constantly talking about that stuff and ranting about it. Or you say, I don't do that. Okay, then maybe you're in the other category. Or do you internalize it and isolate yourself from society becoming a hermit so that you don't want to talk to anybody and you feel like you're so woke and you're so different. I can't talk to anybody. I just can't relate with anyone, which is true. I'm not disregarding that. Okay. People are brainwashed. I'm with you. I understand that. But you can go to extreme. Okay. Are you isolating yourself, becoming anti, completely antisocial? You don't want to talk to anybody because you're meditating on this stuff all the time and you're full of fear. You know, the Bible says, he that hath friends must show himself friendly. And if you're not showing yourself friendly to people, ain't nobody going to want to be your friend. They're not going to be a one around you, Miss, Mrs. Negative Nancy. Okay? Whoever you are, guy or girl, if you're talking about negative stuff all the time, how we're all going to die and economic collapses any moment, By the way, I've been waiting for that since 2008. Every season, this fall, economic collapse. This spring, economic collapse. This fall, economic collapse. This spring, economic collapse. I've been hearing that from these guys, okay? I watch all the economic specialists, okay? I watch Peter Schiff, Max Kaiser, uh, Jim Rogers, Mark Faber, all the guys, Gerald Salente, I watched all those guys way back in, in 2007 and 2008 and nine and after the collapse of the real estate bubble. I watched it all. And year after year, nothing, 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 nothing. Does that mean we're not living in a bubble? No, absolutely, we are. Does that mean we, that the, the uh, dollar is not a fiat currency, Federal Reserve note? Of course it is. Yeah. Will it collapse one day? Probably will. Probably. But to live your life expecting that next fall, next spring, it's going to collapse is living in fear. Okay? The Bible says a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. So it's good to be prudent. It's good to take, make sure you got basic necessities, take some preparations and some precautions. But beyond that, if you're constantly thinking about this stuff, there's a problem. And it's going to affect you to the point where you're not even going to live a life. And next thing you know, 10 years have gone by and all you've been doing is waiting for the collapse while your life passes you by. And you know who wants that to happen? The devil. And I'm sorry to break it to you, the New World Order. They would love for you to go into your shell, hide and cower in fear, instead of going out into the world, living your life, being a light to this world, being friendly with people, engaging with them, if they get mad at you or not, who cares? You just do what you, you're going to do. You don't have to talk about negative stuff all the time and be a light and, and love in this world. That's what they don't want you to do. You think the New World Order cares if you sit in your, in your basement, in your bedroom, worrying every day? About the collapse, oh, well, you have the the secret knowledge. No, you don't. Alex Jones is the biggest alternative media outlet in the country. He has Donald Trump, the president, talking to him. You think that's secret? 
None of that stuff is secret. It's all out in the open now. Okay? It's all out in the open. You don't know anything secret. Now, there are some deeper truths out there about conspiracy stuff. But a lot of that stuff's right out in the open. You're not a threat. You're nowhere near the threat that you think you are. You're living in fear for no reason. Okay? But you need to ask yourself these questions, okay? I want you to honestly ask yourself these questions, assess yourself, and see if you can say yes to these questions. If you answered yes to to one or more of these questions, doesn't have to be all of them, just one, you should take a step back and really look at how meditating on fear-mongering infotainment is affecting you, okay? And that's what it is, this infotainment. They're, they're, uh, a lot of media outlets are, t- are even all alternative media outlets, excuse me, they're giving you information, but you're watching it as entertainment. Some are more entertaining than others. Some of them are really boring, but they give good information. And uh, you're watching it. You're, you're addicted to watching it as entertainment. Now, it's good to be informed. Good to watch some things here and there. But how much time are you spending on it? How much time are you spending on other things that are important? How much time are you spending reading the Word of God? How well do you really know it? Have you even read it all the way through one time? How about two, three? Can you, do you have more than 20 verses memorized? You know, these are some questions that you should ask yourself. Are you spending time in prayer? How about that? Are you spending time with your family? with your spouse are you getting out of the house and and uh actually moving your body around getting some fresh air go exercise are you neglecting all those things are you spending any time maybe furthering and bettering yourself and educating yourself you know you could be studying something in your spare time maybe to help you with, with your job Right now, I'm studying horticulture so that I can uh, have better opportunities in my line of work in landscaping. There's a lot of different things that you can do. And instead, what are you doing? Are you just sitting around thinking about New World Order, New World Order, New World Order, day in and day out, day in and day out? When most of this stuff that you learn about, you can't even change? I know these are hard questions and I know these are harsh truths that you're facing. But trust me when I tell you that they are very important for you to face and I have the solution for you today. All the answers today. I don't have all the answers. God does. And he put it in his word and I'm just presenting it to you. I'm just an ambassador from the kingdom of God. Okay? So, let's learn how to escape out of that. Let's learn how to identify if you're in the prison of fear. And if you are, even if it's partially, how to get out and to stay out and to be free so that you can be a real light in this world. Okay? So, if you answered one yes to one or more of these questions, you should take a step back and really look how meditating on fear-mongering infotainment is affecting you. 
Look at what the Bible says has to say about fear. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. It's talking about Jesus, by the way. That through death, he, Jesus, might destroy him that hath the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Okay, so what does that mean? Jesus came to destroy the devil and his works. Remember the Bible says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Love that verse. Jesus came to destroy the devil and his works. He also came to deliver those that are in bondage, which is slavery, okay? That's what bondage is. Slavery, not bondage. (laughs) Bondage, okay? He came to deliver those that are in bondage. Here it says there are those that are in bondage to fear of death their entire lives. Okay? Fear makes you a slave and easier to control. Fear of death is the most powerful fear used to control. That's why the devil, the media, governments, and others use fear of death to subjugate populations. Okay? If they can get you to walk around fearing death all the time, you are so easy to control. You become a slave because you are so afraid of their power that you could be killed, what they could do to you, that you bow and you submit and you get on your knees and, 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 and you serve them as your master. That's how they control you through fear, especially fear of death. What if they kill me? What if they take away all my money? What if they take away my house? What if they take away my family? What if they throw me in prison? What if they lock me up and throw away the key? What are you going to do then? Is that what you're walking around fearing? Then you are a slave. My friend, you're a slave to fear. Oh, it's funny because you thought, you thought you were the free one. I'm awake. I'm a truther. I have found the answers. I can see through. I've exited the matrix. Right? I've unplugged from the machine. I can see things that no one else can, man. But guess what? If you're living in fear, you're a slave. You're still a slave. You say, I'm not a slave to the fiat currency system, but you're a slave to fear. Are you a slave to sin? If you're lost, you are. The Bible says, he that committeth sin is the servant of sin. That's right. You are a slave to sin. And fear, the fear of man, is a sin. We'll get into that more. Okay? So fear of death is a powerful tool of control. And that's why the devil uses it. Only Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, can set you free from this fear of death. Okay? He's the only one that can make you free of that. Now, as a side note, some say they don't fear death. I've heard people say that that aren't saved. They say, 
yeah, I don't fear death. I do what I want. I, I live my life. I don't fear death. I don't think about that. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, they're full of baloney, okay? Some say they don't fear death, but they are deceiving themselves. And that always changes on the deathbed. The deathbed is the great revealer of who you really are, what you're really thinking. And that's why in modern day times, they drug people up a lot. They give them things like morphine. Why do they do that? Because it used to be when people were on their deathbed, they would see uh, the angel of death coming to get them. They'd see, they would see things. They'd start freaking out. They would see uh, the other spiritual realm. They'd see that they're go- where they were going to be judged. They saw where they were going and they started freaking out. But now they're so drugged up, they don't even know what's going on. So that stuff doesn't happen. Doesn't, ha- doesn't happen as much as it used to. So they get a nice, peaceful, drugged up death. And everyone goes, okay, well, he died naturally. He died peacefully, right? No. And even now, when people aren't on their deathbed, they use drugs and alcohol and entertainment and other forms of escapism to avoid facing their fear, to get away from the fear. They say, I don't, oh, I don't fear death. I don't fear any of those things. And they're drinking and doing drugs. They're watching the entertainment, all stuff. Okay, why don't, you, why don't you do a test? Stop drugs, stop the alcohol, stop the entertainment and, and the for, other forms of escapism and stuff. Spend some time alone for like a week and then tell me if you feel the fear. Let's see what happens. Okay? Then tell me what happens. All right? And man, I know the self-deceit can get really strong and you can tell me that you don't fear death all you want, but I know you're lying. You're lying to yourself. Okay? Now, let's learn more about this fear. Proverbs 29, 25 says this, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. To fear what man can do to you puts you in a snare, a trap. Once again, this is bondage, not liberty. Notice that trusting in the Lord is the solution. Trust and faith in God is the opposite of the fear of man. Okay. When you fear what man can do to you, you are in a snare. You're trapped. Okay, you know what a snare is? The little little loop that people put out for animals. They they run along, they eat some bait, and they get their foot caught in it. They try to run away, and the harder they pull on it, the tighter it pulls on them, and and uh, they get stuck in that snare, and they can't get out until someone comes along, the hunter, and he uh, releases them from the snare. And then he usually shoots him in the head so he can uh, field dress him and, and uh, cook him up and eat that animal. Okay? So if you're sitting in that snare, if you're stuck in that snare from the fear of man, you're a sitting duck. And that old devil's just waiting to pounce on you. The fear of man brings a snare, but putting your trust in the Lord keeps you from getting caught in that snare. Okay, trust and faith in God, opposite of the fear of man. Now look at the next one, Hebrews chapter 13, verse five. Let your conversation, and by the way, conversation doesn't always mean your speech. That word conversation in the King James Bible 
It's a word that can also mean your behavior as a whole, okay? So let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. Boy, do we need contentment today in America. Nobody's content. That's why we have Thanksgiving one day and then the very next day we have Black Friday where everyone's covetous and and trampling on each other to get the cheap uh, $10 piece of plastic from Walmart. Okay? Be content with such things as you have for he, he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's what God says. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. When we are fully trusting God and we know he will never forsake us, we will not fear what man can do, okay? You got to fully trust in God. And when you do that, you know that he's never going to forsake you. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's what God promises you, okay? You know what faith is? It's just believing what God said, just believing the promises of God that are contained in the scriptures. That's what faith is. Faith is always based on the word of God, okay? Faith is not some new age term that doesn't have a definition where you just come up with your own definition. Yeah, man, faith is like crossing the Rubicon and you go from one place to another and whatever gets you there and 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 brings, you know, prosperity into your life. No, that's not faith, okay? The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is based on the word of God. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We'll get into that scripture later. But that's what faith is. That's how God defines faith. Not man's opinion. Okay. Now, man. Sorry, getting pinged here with the texts. All right. So once you know, you trust that God will never leave you never or, nor forsake you, you're not going to fear what man shall do unto you. Okay. And Jesus said the same thing. Look at what he said here in Luke chapter 12, verse four. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him, which after he hath killed, hath killed, hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Okay, what's Jesus talking about? Fearing God is the antidote to fearing man. When we fear God more than man, we are not controlled by the fear of man. Man can kill the body, but that's it. That's all he can do. And that's what everyone's afraid of. What if they do it if they kill me? You're not really. See, here's the thing. Most people, this is how you have to view it. They're not afraid of death. Okay. What they're afraid of is what happens after death. That's the key. Okay. They're afraid of what happens after death because deep down, if you're lost, you know when you die, you're not on your way to heaven and you will stand before God to be judged. And if you have not been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, you will be cast into the lake of fire. Okay. And I don't want that for you. All right. I do not want that for you. That's one of the reasons I'm making this show and other shows to speak the truth so that people can be made free. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You know, I hear, I hear people say that. I heard some, I read someone, uh, 
some comment on YouTube. He was like, and and the truth shall make you free. And they just use it when it comes to any type of truth. That's a quote of the Bible, okay? You can't steal from the Christian worldview from the Bible and just apply it to whatever you want. You just lift some verse out of context and just slap it on some whatever you want. The context of that is salvation in Jesus Christ. Okay? Jesus said, I am the truth. He said, and you shall know the Son. He said, and if the Son shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. If the Son therefore shall make you free, the Son of God is the only one that can make you free. Okay? You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. What truth is that? The truth of Jesus Christ. The word of God. Thy word is truth. Okay? It's important. Now, man can kill the body, but that's it. Okay? So people fear what happens after death. But if you're saved and you know what's going to happen to you when you die, you know you're going to go to heaven. You're going to be with God for eternity. Then you don't care if someone kills your body. Because you are not your body. You are your soul. And if they kill your body, your soul's going whoop, right to heaven. That's where it's going. To be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. That's what the Bible says. And then when Jesus comes back, our body will be resurrected. So shall we ever be with the Lord forever. We will be with him for eternity. That is a beautiful, awesome promise. And you can only partake of that promise if you're saved. Man can kill the body, but that's it. This is why you must make peace with God and know that you have eternal life through Jesus Christ or you will be controlled by the fear of man. When you are saved, you don't fear death or you shouldn't. If you are fearing death, there's a problem. Since fearing man and the devil is the opposite of of fearing and having faith in God, it is a sin. All right, let's look at this. What does the Bible say? Romans chapter 14, verse 23. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And Jesus said, why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? Mark 4, 40. Okay. Jesus said, you have no, why don't you have any faith? Why are you so fearful? He's using it interchangeably. He's saying when you're full of fear, you're not having faith because they're opposite. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Okay? It's a sin not to have faith in God, to trust God. Those who are living their lives in bondage to fear are lost and headed for the lake of fire. How could you say such a thing? Because God says it. Revelation 21.8. What's the first one that is mentioned? But the fearful. It says the fearful, the fearful, full of fear. The fear of man, fear of devil. Fear of, of all everything except God. I fear losing my money. I fear losing life. I fear losing this. I fear losing my house. I fear this. I fear the new world order. I fear everything. What am I going to do? You're worried. You're, you're full of anxiety. You don't know what to do. You're fear. You're full of fear. You're full of fear because you're not trusting God. You don't have faith in God. And you know why you don't have faith in God? Because you don't like God. 
Did you know when you don't have faith in God and you don't believe his promises, you're attacking God's character? Because God says he cannot lie. When he makes a promise, he's always going to fulfill it. He's saying, I said it, therefore I'm going to do it. So if you're saying, I don't believe you, God, what you wrote in the Bible, I don't believe, I don't trust that that's true. You're attacking God and saying, God, I don't believe you will fulfill your promise. I don't believe you're a good God like that. I don't trust that you're going to fulfill that promise. I don't believe that you're faithful, God. Bible says he, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What does that mean? He's giving us a promise and he says, we know that if we confess our sins, he'll forgive us. Why? Because he is faithful and just. That's one of the attributes of God is his faithfulness. That's how we know he's going to perform everything that he's written in the word of God. If you don't believe that, you don't believe God. You hate God. Oh, you, you mean I don't hate God? What do you mean I don't hate, I don't hate God? Listen, you can tell me that all you want, but when you don't believe his word, you don't love God. Period. End of story. That's what the Bible teaches. Okay, so face reality, face it, so then you can get it right and get on the right track. Okay, Revelation 21.8, but the fearful, and what's the next one? And unbelieving, you don't believe the word of God. The fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The lake of fire The second death, which is an eternal death, eternal conscious torment in fire for all of eternity. And look at this. The the fearful is in the same category as the whoremongers, sorcerers, and the murderers. Just as much of a sinner that deserves hell. That's right. So you don't want to be fearful. You don't want to be fearful. Okay? You need to trust God. This is why it is very important that you examine yourself. Bible says, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. It's important to examine yourself and make sure you're a saved, born again child of God, made free from the slavery of fear through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the only way to be made free. That's it. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. If you are saved and, okay, just to put a cap on the last statement though, the only way... I like to just throw this in at least every teaching, just to be clear. In order to be saved, the Bible says in Acts chapter 20, verse 21, repentance toward God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance and faith. That's what God requires are the conditions. Repentance means to be sorry for a life of sin, to hate it, to turn your back on it. It doesn't mean you have to try to stop sinning and be a good person and try to do good things. That's not what it means. It means you're you're, you're saying, I'm sick of this life. The sinful life, the sin, I hate it because it offends God. I don't want it anymore. You're turning from it in your heart and you turn to Jesus Christ. You put your faith in him, what he did on the cross for you, dying for your sins, shedding his blood, taking the punishment that you deserve. Being buried for three days, he rose again the third day. He is resurrected. He is alive. He is in heaven right now, ready to make intercession making intercession for us right now. If you will repent 
Believe the gospel. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Right now, you will be saved. You will be born again, supernaturally transformed into a new creature, given a new heart with new desires. No longer desire to live a life of sin. You'll desire to live a life that is pleasing to God. You want to read the Bible. You want to pray. You want to fellowship with other Christians. You want to tell people the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's salvation. That's the change that you can have if you will be born again. Jesus said, ye must be born again. All right? So that's the gospel. Let's continue. If you are saved and you find some fear creeping in, you need to first take a step back and see how much you are intaking fear-mongering. Take a break, refresh yourself, and then be very picky what you watch, how much time you spend watching and listening. If you're overwhelmed, you're getting filled, you're getting some fear creeping in, unplug, take a week off from watching any of that stuff, okay? Any alternative media, anything like that, take a full-on week of none of it, okay? See how it changes you and refreshes you, and then you come back with a fresh perspective and you go, wow, okay, man, I feel better, okay? Read the Bible, pray, maybe read some uh, edifying books. There's a ton of them out there, uh, written by Christians, great books out there, and get your mind off that stuff, and then see how you're refreshed, okay? In addition to that, okay, now we get to the remedies, okay? Let's look at the biblical remedies. In addition to that, here are some more biblical remedies for fear. Remember the scripture that from the beginning? What vanquishes fear, okay? We're going to answer that question. What was the scripture from the beginning? For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, okay? So this is the antidote to the spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Okay, if you're saved, you don't have a spirit of fear. You have a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. So let's look at each three of those. Ready? First one, power. Power. What kind of power are we talking about? Where does it come from? Matthew chapter 22, verse 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. Okay? That's the first and most important thing. Don't expect to have a spirit of power to have the power of God if you don't know the scriptures. Not What did Jesus say? You're an heir. You do heir. Not knowing the scriptures. You know who he was talking to? The Pharisees. So don't be caught dead like the Pharisees not knowing the scriptures. If you want to have a spirit of power, you got to know the scriptures. Study it. Next one, Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, this is Jesus talking. I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this rejoice, not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Okay, what is he saying here? Jesus is saying he gives unto the Christians power to tread on serpents. That's the name of the channel right here. And by the way, that's where I did get the name for the channel, Treading Serpents, Power to Tread on Serpents. Um, Anyone else who tries to say something else is a liar. There's some people out there that are habitual, pathological liars. And uh, it's amazing how many times that someone, when someone's a pathological liar, that not a lot of people challenge them on their garbage and their lies. They just kind of let them get away with it. And they just say whatever they want. No one says, hey, that's actually absolutely wrong. And you just made that up. 
it's pretty funny. But anyways, I give unto you power to tread on serpents. And and how do we know that those serpents and scorpions are those real serpents and scorpions? He gives us power to tread on six. No, it says right here, right next to that, the power of the enemy. And then in verse 20, it says that the spirits are subject unto you. Okay. So the power of the enemy, the spirits that are subject, those are the serpents and scorpions. Okay. Uh, sometimes in the Bible, devils, unclean spirits, those are likened unto things like serpents, scorpions, bulls. The devil is likened unto a serpent, the dragon, a lion, okay? Animals and reptiles and all these different types of things. That's what God likens these spiritual entities unto, okay? So God, Jesus said he gives us power to tread on them down. And in Psalm 91, he says that we will trample underfoot the young lion and the dragon. Okay? Same thing. What does that mean? The We are given power over the devils. Okay? They do not have power over us. The Bible says, Submit yourselves therefore unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We're given that promise. If we resist the devil, he will flee. He will run away. Okay? When you're saved, you cannot have a devil. You cannot be devil-possessed. You cannot have a demon no matter what anyone teaches. I've never taught that, and that's not what the Bible teaches, okay? Christians cannot have devils. Can they be attacked by them? Yes. Can they be oppressed? Yes, especially if you let uh, open up a door into your life through bringing bad things in your house, occultic objects, through sin, these other types of things, but especially through witchcraft type of stuff. Okay, that can open up a door. You need to repent of that, get that out of your life, kick the devils out, all right? But we're given power, okay? And that should take away fear, my friends. You don't need to fear devils. When, if you're a Christian, there is no reason that you should fear evil spirits, okay? You are a born-again child of God with the Holy Ghost dwelling in you. You are given power to tread on them. Don't be full of fear. Let's, and you got to believe the promise of the word of God. You got to trust God in order for you to, to be able to, to understand that. All right. Romans chapter one, verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is what the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So what do we have here? The gospel of Christ is the power of God. Okay. So that means you got to know it. You got to believe the gospel. It has the power to save your soul, but then also you don't, you don't want to be ashamed of it. You want to preach it. And that's the power of God. When you're preaching the gospel to other people, that's the power of God because it's the power to save. Here's another one. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 18. Sorry, get annoyed with these misspellings for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us, which are saved, it is the power of God. Okay. The preaching of the cross is the power of God. Okay. So when you preach the gospel, when you preach the cross, that's the power of God and the power of God is an antidote to the spirit of fear. Okay. Amen. And because it has the power to deliver people from the bondage of fear. Praise the Lord. All right, let's move on to the next one. So that was power. And the next one is love, okay? Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. Let's look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 15. Whoso, can, 
whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. I talked about this in the last show I did. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Now pay attention. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Wow. All right, let's let's unpack that a little bit. There is no fear in love. What does that mean? You can't love and fear at the same time. Okay, you can't fear man and fear the devil and fear the world and have love at the same time. Love God and love your neighbor. It's not possible. There is no fear in love. Okay, Let's look at the next part. But perfect love casteth out fear. Where's perfect love come from? Only from God. Okay. The love, the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Okay. So when you get saved, you have the love of the Father in you. Okay. And that perfect love casts out fear. Okay, when you're saved, when you're born again, it casts out fear. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit that shows you have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit inside of you. The fruit of the Spirit is what? First one, love. Love, joy, peace. One of the other fruits of the Spirit is faith, okay? Not fear. Fear is not a fruit of the Spirit. It's a work of the flesh, but perfect love casteth out fear, cast it out, because fear hath torment. Fear hath torment. What does that mean? Fear will torment you. It will torture you. Okay? If you're living in fear, you're tormented. You don't want to live that life. You don't want to live in torment. You want to live a life and you want to have the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Faith can make you free, set you free from the torment and slavery of fear. Okay? He that feareth is not made perfect in love. If you're fearing, you're living in a life of fear, enslaved to fear, you're not made perfect in love. That means you're not saved. Okay? Because that made perfect is talking about positional perfection. Because practically, we can't be perfect, sinless. But positionally, we are in Christ. When we get saved, we put our faith in Christ. We are perfect. God sees us as perfect for all of eternity from that moment on. Made perfect in love. Okay, so it says here, we love him because he first loved us. Well, how do we love God? If perfect love casts out fear, how do we love God? Well, 1 John 5, starting verse 1, gives us the answer. Whosoever believeth that Jesus Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat love loveth him that also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Now pay attention, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. This is such a plain and blatant scripture. It says clearly, this is the love of God. 
What? That we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. So that means we keep his commandments. We're striving to obey God, to do what he says. And it's not grievous. It's not a burden to us. It's not torture. It's not It's not a uh, big deal to us. We don't go, oh, I have to obey God's commandments. Oh, it's so grievous. Why do I have to do this? If that's your attitude, I question your salvation. We That you keep his commandments. When we're striving to obey him and keep his commandments, that's the love of God. Know what Jesus said? If you love me, keep my commandments. That's it. That's how you show your love toward God. And guess what? When you're doing that, so when you're striving to keep his commandments, you're showing him love, the love of God. And when you have that love, it's casting out fear. Boom. There it is. Okay? So that's love. Lord hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And now onto the third one, a sound mind. All right? What's a sound mind? Acts chapter 3, verse 16 That word sound, what does that word sound, by the way, mean? Well, you ever think of a structure like a barn, okay? If someone built a barn and uh, they make sure it was a really good foundation, reinforced concrete, all this stuff, right? And they they bang on the side of it and, and they look inside, they look at all the beams and they say, you know what? This is a sound structure. It's built properly. It's solid. It's not going to fall over and collapse. It's going to last for many years. It's sound. But when someone walks in and, and, and the wind's blowing and they hear it creaking everywhere and things are rotting and falling apart, say, that's not sound. That is not a sound structure. And at any moment, the, the, a little bit of wind is going to come by and it's going to collapse. Okay? So we need to have a sound mind. It's, it's, it's solid. Okay, it is it is not feeble and tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Okay, it's stable. Acts chapter three, verse 16. And his name through faith in his name, talking about Jesus, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. And yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Okay. So in that context, he's talking about healing that man, making him strong, but it's also talking about this perfect soundness. It gave him soundness of mind, of soul. He saved perfect soundness. Okay, let's look at the next one. Second Timothy chapter four, verse two, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine for the time will not come for the time will come. It's a prophecy. When they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Okay? For the time will come and they will not endure sound doctrine. See that word sound is used there? What does that mean? Sound doctrine is, like I said, good doctrine stable. It has a good structure to it because the Bible says doctrine is precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. It must be precept upon precept. You have to study and each truth builds upon another. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Okay? The foundation is 
the, the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ being Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone, okay? That's what you build your doctrine on. And that's how you build the sound structure of sound doctrine. What am I getting at here? Sound doctrine, when you have sound doctrine, you'll have a sound mind. Okay? This is when that word sound is used in the Bible. Okay? Sound, remember, sound doctrine. Doctrine is what is taught, the teaching of Scripture. Okay? Not false doctrine, not heresy. When you don't have that, but you have sound doctrine, good doctrine, then you'll have a sound mind. It's not tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine like the Bible says. You believe something one day and you believe a new thing the other day, the next day. Tossed all over the place. You're not stable. You're like a wave tossed about the sea. That's not a sound mind. Okay? So if you want a sound mind, you need sound doctrine, which comes from studying the Word of God. Okay? The Lord hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. There you go. Where does it come from? Reading the Word of God, praying to God, believing God's promise and obeying his commandments. And that's how you have power in preaching the gospel, power, love, and a sound mind through salvation in Jesus Christ. Now I got some more, a couple more antidotes to fear and we'll be done. Next one. Faith. Faith is an antidote to fear. Ephesians chapter six, we got the whole armor of God. Ready? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil, against the wiles of the devil. Now, before I continue here, there are some people out there, they may be professing Christians, and they say, put on the whole armor of God, guys, whole armor of God, and they talk about the whole armor of God, but then they don't even explain to you what it is. You know why? Because they don't know what it is. You can't just say, now I put on the whole armor of God. Guys, put on the whole armor of God. Can't just say it. And now I have the armor of God on. Well, what the heck is it? You don't even know what it is. Why are you telling people to put on the whole armor of God and you don't even know what it is? You can't even break it down piece by piece. Because if you read the full context of these verses, it explains to you what the whole armor of God is piece by piece. Why do we need the whole armor of God? Because we're in a war with the devil. Verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, not against man, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, to fight. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with what? Truth. That's one piece of armor. The girdle of truth. Next, having on the breastplate of what? Righteousness. Boom, there's another piece of armor. How to get righteousness? Imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ when you put your faith in him. Boom, there it is. What about truth? How to get truth? Thy word is truth, Jesus said. See that? This armor isn't a mystery. It's revealed to us in the word of God what it is and how you get it. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So you got something that protects your feet. What is it? Preparation of gospel of peace. That means you know the gospel and you're ready always to preach the gospel. Verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith. That's what we're focusing on here. This is the antidote to fear. 
taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Okay? If you want to fight this war against the devil, you got to take up the shield of faith. He's shooting fiery darts at you. You know where he's shooting them at? Your mind. He's filling your mind with thoughts of fear. And you got to fight. Got to fight the devil. Resist the devil and flee from you. But how? Taking the shield of faith. How do you get that faith? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You got to get your head in that book. You got to read the Bible, study the Bible, and then you got to pray about what you read so that you can put it into action and apply it to your life. You can, because in the Bible, you know, you can learn about what the will of God is, and then you can pray for the will of God to be accomplished in your life and in other people's lives. That's faith. You can put it into action. You can know the word of God, uh, the will of God in the Bible, and then you can put it into action by obeying it. This believing the promises of the word of God will give you faith. That will help you to use the shield of faith. That will help you to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. When the devil's shooting thoughts of fear, fiery darts of fear in your mind, you're quoting scripture. You're quoting scripture and you're quenching the fiery darts because you have a scripture to quench every thought of fear that pops in your head. You say, no, that's a wicked thought. I'm casting that down. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's warfare. The weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Fight! Fight in the, it's a war going around you every day. You can't see it in invisible war. And you gotta fight the fear. The devil wants to make you fear. And the only way not to fear is to believe the word of God. Get your mind in the word of God. Meditate on the Bible. Okay, cast out that fear with the promises. How did the G- how did Jesus Christ fight the devil? He quoted scripture. He said, "It is written every time." The devil said, "Well, the Bible says you jump jump off this temple and the angels will bear you up." The de- and Jesus, what did he say? "It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God." He had the sword of the spirit. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation. That's being saved and In another verse, it says the helmet of the hope of salvation. So it's not only being saved, it's knowing you're saved, assurance of salvation, and that you can't lose your salvation, knowing sound doctrine about salvation. That's the helmet. And what? The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's the only offensive weapon you have, the sword of the spirit. It is the word of God. It is the Bible. And that's how Jesus fought the devil. That's the only way that you can fight the devil is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And as Ian Paisley said, you got a weapon that could cut chunks out of him. All right? Let's fight. Don't lay down in fear and cower in a field position in the corner. Stand. Stand there for. Put on the whole armor of God. Get in the word of God. Learn the word of God. Know it. Quote it. Preach it. Live it. Pray about it. That's how you put on the whole armor of God and then you fight with the whole armor of God. 
And that is how you conquer fear. And fear is cast out. We don't want any fear. And when we don't have fear in the Christian life, we have victory. And that's what I want from you. We are supposed to be living a life of victory and triumph, conquering. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are supposed to be overcomers. Okay? That's the Christian life. This, what does it say? This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Going Ian Paisley on you. That's what it says. That's the victory that overcomes the world. Faith, it overcomes fear. You're sitting around fearing what everyone thinks about you. What are my friends going to think? What is my, what are my family going to think? What is my everyone else going to think? What's the world going to think? Ooh, what's the internet going to think? Who cares? What does God think? That's what you should be caring about. Cast out fear with faith. Okay? Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So then you got the final weapon here. Doesn't seem like it's a weapon, but it is. Praying with all prayer. What is that? That's the that's the bombs, dude. That's dropping bombs. Dropping bombs. That's the Air Force coming and you're your air bombing the devil with prayer. And if you want to supercharge it and get some nuclear bombs, you add some fasting to that. All right? Fasting and prayer. And then now you're really engaging in warfare with the devil. Okay? And that's what you need to do to cast out fear. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Matthew chapter 21, verse 21 says this. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, remember, don't doubt, don't fear, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, But also, if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. In all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, what? Believing ye shall receive. It doesn't say, ask in prayer and then doubt and fear. No, ask in prayer, believing, and ye shall receive. Believing, you're praying and you're believing the promises of the word of God. If you have faith and doubt not, faith casts out fear. And then, which is very similar to that, is fi- is belief. Let's read these real quick. Luke chapter 8, verse 49. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the rulers of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only. You see here? Belief is contrasted to fear. Fear. Jesus says this multiple times. Fear not believe only and she shall be made whole and when he came into that what is he saying believe by the way he's saying believe i'm the son of god and i have power to heal and i will heal you are believing and having faith that i am he i am the christ and when he came into the house he suffered no man to go in save peter and james and john the father of and the mother of the maiden and all wept and bewailed her and but he said weep not she is not dead but sleepeth And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out and took her by the hand and calling and saying, and called and saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again and she arose straightway. And he commanded to give her meat 
and her parents were astonished, but he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. They were astonished because he healed her and she rose from the dead. Why? Because he is the son of God and he had power to. And he said, fear not, believe only. I can do this. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to who? Him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Okay? Unbelief and fear, they go hand in hand. He says, you got to believe. All things are possible to him that believeth. That'll cast out the fear. Next one. John chapter 3, verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever, what? Believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Check out the last verse. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Believe, believe, believe. And by the way, that word believe, eth, that that, uh, suffix of E-T-H at the end of the word, that means to start believing and continue believing and never stop believing. That's what believe, eth. It means it's a continuing belief. It's not a one-time belief, all right? That's what that word means, all right? So belief is another. Belief in the Son of God is how you cast out fear. And then finally, the last one, last section, promise, end, is the fear of God. The fear of God casts out the fear of man and the fear of the devil. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26 says, And the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. What did we hear earlier? The fear of man bringeth the snare. Fear of the Lord will get you out. The fear of uh, death has people in their li- all their lifetime subject to bondage. It says to depart from the snares of death. The fear of the Lord will get you out of that fear, that slavery of fear. Strong confidence. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 6. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Okay? Departing from evil, turning from a life of sin, getting away from sin is through the fear of the Lord, including the sin of fearing man. Proverbs uh, chapter 19, verse 23. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, not death. And he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. Okay? The fear of the Lord tends to life and you'll, you'll be satisfied instead of fearing and worrying and doubting. You will be satisfied. You will be content because you fear God. And finally here, Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 and 7. This is in the book of Revelation. This is in the end times. There's plagues going on and being poured out in the, in the world and an angel flies through heaven having the everlasting gospel. Listen to what he says. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is come. 
and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. It was preached in the beginning and it'll be preached in the end of the world. The message of the everlasting gospel is what? Fear God. And when you fear God, you won't fear the Antichrist. You won't fear. And they'll say to you, if you don't take the mark of the beast, we're going to chop off your head. And you'll say, go ahead, chop off my head because I'm not going to bow. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they would not bow to that statue, the idol that Nebuchadnezzar had made. And he said, if you don't bow to that statue, we're going to cast you into the fiery furnace. And they say, we know that God is able to deliver us, but if he will not deliver us, nevertheless, we will not bow. We will not serve your gods. So they turned up the furnace seven times the heat of normal so that the guard even died next to it. It was so hot. They threw the Hebrew children in there. And what happened? They didn't die. And there was what? A fourth one in there? Like unto the appearance of the Son of God, Jesus was with them in the fire. Why? Because they chose to fear God more than man. And you will have the same thing if you have the fear of God. And you will not bow and worship the image of the beast and of the Antichrist and a false prophet. And he'll have fire coming down from heaven and doing miracles in the sight of men. And you won't care. And you could say, you do all these miracles. I don't care. It's all counterfeit from the devil. I still will not worship you. I will never bow. I will never take the mark of the beast. I don't care if you chop off my head. I'll just be quicker in the presence of my God. Praise the Lord. That's the fear of God. And let's end with this in Revelation. What did Jesus say? He said this, chapter 1, verse 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. That's what happens when someone saw Jesus Christ in his glory. And that's what you will do. What do you think you're going to do? You're going to go up and yo, hey, buddy, thanks for dying for me. Hey, bro, you're not going to do such a thing. He fell at his feet as dead. This was John the Apostle that used to lean on the bosom of Jesus Christ when he was on earth. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet as dead? Why? Because he had a fear of God. And what did Jesus say? He said, he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. He's saying, it's me, it's Jesus, Jesus Christ, the one that was with you. I'm the one that was with you that whole time on earth when we were together. This is me now. And now it is time for me to come back as the conquering king. Jesus says, king of kings and lord of lords. Fear him. The time to fear God is now. Cast out all that fear. And listen to me, friends. Let me tell you something right now. If you fear now, you fear the no world order now, and you fear all the, oh, what are they going to do? They're taking away our freedoms. They're taking away our guns and liberties and all stuff. If you fear right now, what do you think you're going to do when the Antichrist comes? And the one, And it is all here. 
Are you going to fear then? Or are you going to be like the book of Daniel says, and you will be strong and do exploits. And you're going to stand up for God in the public's eye. And you're not going to be ashamed of Jesus Christ and be ashamed of the words of Christ. Because Jesus said, whosoever therefore will be ashamed of me and of my words, him also will I be ashamed of in the presence of my father. Don't be ashamed. Don't fear what people will think because this life's but a vapor. It's gone and you could die tomorrow. And the only thing that's going to matter is what you did for Jesus Christ. Did you stand for him without fear? Were you a testimony and a witness or did you cower in fear and let that control you and you didn't tell anyone? You didn't take a stand for Jesus Christ. Are you going to sit there and let the fear of the new world order control you? So that you can't even live your life. Oh, what are they going to do? Guess what? I got this smartphone right here and I know the NSA is listening every day. They got algorithms going, checking words. They can read every email. They can do look at everything. It doesn't matter. You know what matters? God sees everything. God knows everything. Okay? And he knows your heart. And the NSA can't see your heart. God can. So you need to fear him more than them. Okay, and more than the devil and everyone else. All right. You really please take this warning. Please take this warning, Christians. If you are getting caught up in this fear from the truthers, you need to take a step back and get back and refocused and come approach things from a scriptural standpoint. Okay, a biblical standpoint. And let's be a light and a testimony to this world. Okay, it's supposed to be salt and light to this world, not supposed to cower. And what did Jesus say? Don't hide your candle under a bushel, under a basket. Don't hide it. You're supposed to let that light shine. Okay, isn't that what you teach the little kids with the song? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. You're going to let it shine. Satan tries to blow it out. No, I'm going to let it shine. You let that light shine and you're not going to fear. You're not going to fear what man shall do unto me because you trust in the Lord. Now, if you're not saved, maybe you thought you were saved, maybe you're a professing Christian, but you're living in a bondage to fear. Well, you need to seriously consider what I've said today. Remember what I said about the gospel. And if you are living in bondage to fear, You need to check yourself today. Go to God. Get alone with God. Get on your face. Humble yourself. The Bible says, a humble and a contrite heart God will not despise. A broken and a contrite heart God will not despise. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. You come to him broken and you say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He will have mercy on you. And he will make you free from the slavery of fear the bondage of fear he will set you free he will make you free through the blood of Jesus Christ you know how I know that because he conquered death that's right oh death where is thy sting oh grave where is thy victory that should make you shout with joy and we do rejoice Jesus Christ is risen. Jesus is the Christ. He is the Son of God. He is Lord. Let us always remember that. And let's act like it and not live in fear, 
but live in victory as more than conquerors, as overcomers in this world and not fear what anyone shall do or say to us about us. Thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. If you have any questions, send me an email in the description. I'll, I'll link it. Otherwise, stay tuned for the next one. God bless you and have a good night.